not Pastor Edmund's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Because it's always a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. As I step back, I thank you for the Spirit of God stepping up to feed your people the living Word of God. I thank you, Father, that your Word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. You said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so, Father, as we feed your people your Word from your mouth, I thank you in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders following our lives as a result of your word. And I give you thanks, praise, and glory for what we're going to learn. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Well, we are in our sixth and final message in our Bless Life series. And if the Bless Life series has been a blessing, can you give the Lord a hand clap? Can you do that? Now, this lesson is going to be different because we're going to act as if we are in the story that I'm going to read. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to uh, find two verses of Scripture. I want you to find 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And we're going to look in verse 10, and we're going to read that verse out of the Amplified Version. So that was 2 Corinthians 9, verses 10. And then we're going to look in Luke chapter 9, and that's where we're going to spend the majority of our time this morning. Now, if you're taking notes, our lesson title is The Principles of Multiplication. The Principles of of multiplication. And let let me say this. I think it's the perfect lesson to not only end our Blessed Life series, but I believe it is the perfect lesson to add to our faith for our miracle offering. Amen. Now, multiplication is a mathematical term, just like addition, subtraction, division, But multiplication is better than addition when it comes to resources. In other words, I would rather have money multiplied to me than just added to me. And our God is a God of multiplication. Everybody say our God is a God of multiplication. Amen. He is a God who can multiply our resources. So let's start the lesson out by me asking you this question. How many of you would want God to multiply your resources? 
Amen. Well, I believe today this lesson is going to change your life. And my goal is to show you that it is God's will to multiply our resources. It is his desire to multiply our resources. And then I'm going to show you some principles on how to activate the multiplication process. So let's look at a supporting scripture first before we dive into our main text. So let's go to 2 Corinthians 9. We're going to look at verse 10. And uh, I'm reading this out of the Amplified Version and hopefully they can put it up. There it is on the screen. I want us to read this together. Let's read it together. And God, who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating, will also provide and multiply your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness. I love that. Notice it says that God will provide seed for the sower Bread for eating, watch this, and he will multiply our what? Our resources. It is not only God's will to multiply our resources, but it is also his desire as well. Amen. So let's look at two additional principles or three additional principles that's found in Luke chapter 9. We're going to start in Luke 9 and then I want you to uh, look in verse 12. Luke chapter 9. Verses 12. Now, I'm reading out of the original King James Version. And here's what we're going to do. As we go through this story, I want you and I'm going to help you see yourself in the story. Because it will bring more realism to you if you were there. It's like when God does something in your life and you try to tell somebody else about it and they don't get as excited as you. It's because they weren't there. So we're going to put ourselves there. And so it says this. And when the day began to wear away, then came the twelve and said unto him, Jesus, send the multitudes away that they may go into the towns and the country roundabout and lodge and get some victuals or some food. For we are in a desert place, verse 13. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more but five loaves and two fishes, except we should go and buy some meat for all of these people. They won't be able to eat practically is what they're saying. For they were about how many? How many? 5,000 who? 5,000 men. Now let me explain. Let's stop here. Because many, many people believe that Jesus fed 5,000 people. But that is not the case. See, in Jewish culture, they counted the crowds... By the men who represented the families. In other words, there were 5,000 men, but you have to include the spouses. You have to include the children. So let's say that each one of these men had two kids because most people have at least two kids. How many have two or more kids in this room? Let me see your hand. Absolutely. So let's just say that there was a husband and two kids along with the wife. 
then that would make it 20,000 people. Now, see, that's a much larger miracle than we may have traditionally been taught. Now, see, I'm going to back up what I'm saying because uh, most of us never thought this way. So you don't have to go there. But in Matthew chapter 14, verse 21, is the parallel story of Luke chapter 9 here. And I'm going to read verse 20 and 21. It says, and they did all eat and they were filled. And they took up the fragments that remained, 12 baskets full. And they that had eaten, watch this, were about 5,000 men besides the women and the what? And the children. So you really can refer to the story as the feeding of 5,000 as long as you know it was really about 20,000. Amen. So 20,000 people, listen to me now, were fed with five loaves and two fishes. I believe that we can say just by knowing that, that our God is a God of multiplication. And in fact, say this with me, say, our God is a God of multiplication. So let's finish reading the story. Let's pick it up in verse 14. For they were about 5,000 men, and he said to his disciples, Make them sit down by fifties in a company. And how many of you know that miracles sometimes take obedience? Okay, I'm just throwing that in there. If you want a miracle from God, you have to obey God. There was a leper in the Old Testament named Naaman, and he needed a miracle from God to be cleansed from leprosy. And the man of God told him to go wash in the Jordan River. And dip, I think, nine times or whatever it was. And uh, had he not done that, he wouldn't have gotten his miracle. Amen. There was a man that laid at the pool of Bethesda all of his life. And uh, Jesus said, do you want to be healed? And he said, yes. But see, Jesus had to give them instructions. One man who was blind, Jesus spit on the ground then told him to go wash in the pool of Shalom. So miracles take obedience. Everybody say miracles. Take our obedience. Verse 15. And so they did so and made them all sit down. I bet that was chaotic. For 20,000 people to sit down in 50s. Because everybody does not follow instructions. (laughs) Amen. Then he took the five loaves and the two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed them. He broke them and he gave it to the disciples to sit before the multitude. And they did what? What did they do? They did eat. Now watch this now because here's something you may not have seen in the story either. And they were what? Filled. They could not have just taken a snatch. You know how we eat with communion? The little piece of bread. No, it said they were all filled and there was, watch this now, taken up fragments that remained, how many baskets? Twelve baskets. Now, because we are focused on multiplication, did you notice that there were twelve baskets left? Now, I believe, everybody say he believed. I believe that 
Jesus wanted all of his disciples to have a doggy bag to take home with them. I think he didn't want to waste any time for them to stop by Sonics on the way home. And he said, you just eat your doggy bag that we just had a miracle on. Now, right here is what I like for us to do. This is where I want us to become a part of the story. Amen. And I want you to imagine you're one of the 12 disciples and uh, you're looking for the Messiah search to, for him to be the pastor of all of these people. So you're on the search committee. You're part of the 12 disciples. You're on the search committee. And uh, you got this great candidate you've heard about. He's been healing the sick. He's been raising the dead. And he even did something that nobody has done in the Old Testament. He walked on some water. So this candidate that you're looking at to be the pastor uh, has done some things that no one has done. So now this this guy, he gets up and uh, this weekend is a big weekend because everybody begins to publish it. So I can imagine if they were in our day, everybody sent emails out. They got on their Instagram and say, Jesus is coming to our church. I can imagine you people Snapchatting, Jesus is coming. So the word was out. Everybody say the word was out. The word was out. So these 12 disciples or this search committee, was they were, they were really uh, expecting a big crowd to come to church. And so now, this was the largest crowd based on uh, research and based on theologians. This is the biggest crowd that Jesus had ever preached to at one time. So all these people showed up. Praise and worship was good. And now it's time for your candidate, Jesus, to get up and preach. So he gets up to preach. And uh, he's preaching real good. And... uh It's approaching noon, which is when church is supposed to be out. But he's still preaching. So then he goes up to one o'clock. He's still preaching. He goes up to two o'clock. And he's still preaching. Now, you're part of the search committee. You were part of the 12 disciples. You're looking at your watch. He's sure preaching long. Three o'clock, four o'clock. And if you were a football fan, guess what? You've already missed two or three games. Then it gets so late. The Bible says in verse 12 that the day began to wear away. In other words, it became to be late. And when you look up in the Greek, what it means When the day wears away, it means when the day wears away. (laughs) So using our sanctified imagination, I think the disciples formed a little committee because that's what we like to do. People like to run things in church. So that's why I think, you know, using my imagination, they formed a little committee. And so now you are a part of the committee. And I think the disciples got together. And they said, you know what? This guy's good, but he won't shut up. I mean, he's going all day. We haven't had lunch. We didn't have a snack break. 
And some of these people out here, I know they smoke, so they haven't had a cigarette break. <laughs> We've missed all the football games. And I believe they said, you know, I can just see Peter. If I don't eat soon, I am going to die right here. And somebody said, that's it. We'll go and tell the Messiah that the people are hungry. So let's say you were the person that they selected to be the chairperson. So you now have to go to Jesus while he's preaching. And explain to him why you think it's a good idea for him to close and let the service out. And so, you know, uh, you go up to him and he's preaching and you go, uh, uh, excuse me, Jesus. Uh, Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, Jesus, you know, you're doing a great job. I mean, this series that you're preaching all in one day, it's a, it's a really good series. And, and you know, Jesus, I, I could stay here all day. I, I told John I could just stay here all day. But, but, but we were thinking that the people are hungry and uh, it might be a good idea to just dismiss the service and send them home. And he says, so... Uh, The people are hungry. Yeah, yeah, it's all about the people. They're hungry. Well, you give them something to eat. Excuse me? You give them something to eat. Okay. Now, see, they weren't thinking about that. So now you have to go back to the search committee and tell them what he said. So you go back over to the 12 and uh, they said, well, what did he say? Did you tell him that the people were hungry and he needs to dismiss the service? I said those exact words. Yes, I did. Then what did he say? He said, we we need to feed them. (laughs) What? He said, we need to feed them. What? We, we don't have this much food. And so um, they saw this kid walk by and he had his lunch. So they snatched it. <laughs> and it had five loaves and two fishes in it. And when they grabbed it, you know, they looked in there and saw it. And Peter grabbed one of the loaves and took a bite off of it. It don't say that, but this is my imagination. And they slapped his hand and told him to put it back in there. And they were like, hey, this is, this is not enough. You know what? That's what we'll tell him. This is not enough. Because, you know, remember in the scripture, it said that they said to him, what is this among so many? Now, see, to me, this is what happens to us when it's time to bring our tithe. We already feel we don't have enough. But see, what God does never makes sense. Now, let me ask you a question. If you were there, wouldn't it make sense 
to shut the service down for people to go home and eat. Wouldn't that make sense? Does it not make sense to try to feed them with five loaves and two pieces of fish? It doesn't make sense, does it? No, it doesn't. And that's why doing it God's way may not make sense, but it will always produce results. It doesn't make sense to bring the tithe first. It doesn't make sense. But feeding 5,000, 20,000 people doesn't make sense either with five loaves and two fishes. So let's see how they handle that. So they said, you know what, we're just going to go back and tell him, okay, we, we, we have this snack pack from Long John Silver from this kid. And we'll tell him it's not enough. And let's go with our original plan and shut this thing down. So they, now remember, it's you now. You're the, you're the chairperson. You go back to Jesus. Uh, uh, excuse me, Jesus. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, Jesus, uh, We've been working on what you said, and uh, we, we did come up with some food, but it, it's only five loaves and two fishes, and that's really not enough. So we're just thinking that we go back to the original plan, and, and that is to just dismiss the service and let everybody go home and eat. And he says, go tell them to sit down in 50s. Excuse me? Go tell them to sit down and y'all organize them into 50s. Now, some of us doesn't know that it takes sometimes obedience for a miracle. Remember I said that earlier? Okay, so watch this now because I want to reread a verse. Remember, we read where it said that he said to them, have them sit down in 50s in a company. And the verse 15 says, and they did so and made them all sit down. Watch this. Then he took the five loaves and the two fishes and watch this. He looked up to heaven and he blessed it. Everybody say he blessed it. He blessed it. So they went back, organized everybody. And then the Bible says they brought, because he said, bring, you know, what it was to him. And uh, let me just read verse, you don't have to go back to it, but let's read verse 15 or 17. Let's go to verse, verse, verse 16. Then he took the five loaves and the two fishes. He looked to heaven. He blessed them and he broke them. So now you're the chairperson. You bring him these loaves. He breaks them in half. Well, first of all, it says he blessed them. Lord, thank you for providing. Thank you that little becomes much with the master's hand. Lord, thank you for giving us this day our daily bread. Thank you that you said you would supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I know, Father, this is not enough in our hands, but it is more than enough in your hand. I'm just telling you the prayer I think Jesus prayed. So then he broke the bread and he gave it to you, the chairperson. Now, let's say their chairperson was Peter. 
he broke it and gave it to Peter. And Peter looked at it and said, you want to pray again? (laughs) No, Peter, it's blessed. Go and give it out. You sure you don't want to pray one more time? No, Peter, it is blessed. Go give it out. So now I'm going to give you some principles of multiplication. Everybody say principles of multiplication. Now, they had two fish and five, four and a half rolls because Peter ate half of it. No, they had two fish and five rolls. Look what happened. He blessed it. He broke it. He gave it to his disciples before the multitude. And watch this. I believe that, you know, there was a situation in the Old Testament where uh, one of the prophets fed like a hundred men with a loaf of bread. They might have remembered that. See, you have to remember that God blesses the first. That's why it's so important. You don't give your first to nobody else. You give it to him because he's the only one that can take it and bless it. And the New Testament says that Jesus Christ, our Lord, watch this, receives our tithes. He does it. You know why he receives it? Because he takes it to the Father for it to be blessed. So he gave it. He gave it to them. He blessed it. And so I can imagine... Now it's time to give it out. Now, see, if it was me, with my little half bro, I would have went to the first person and just said, take a little bitty piece. How many would have done that? Let me see your hand. How many would have done that? See, but here's a, here's a fallacy that most people don't remember. Is that the miracle didn't take place in Jesus' hands. The miracle took place in the hands of the disciples. Listen, here's the first point if you want to write it down. It has to be blessed before it can be multiplied. It has to be blessed before it is multiplied. And that's why it's so important for us to bring our tithe, the first, to the Lord. And so many people say, oh, I can't give the Lord what's first. But they don't understand the potential of multiplication. Amen. Here's what I thought about. What would have happened had they given it away before it was blessed? I guarantee you it would not have lasted that long. Because I believe when they started giving it out, every time somebody took a piece of it, it grew. It had to grow because the Bible says it fed everybody. Everybody got full and then they had 12 baskets left over. God multiplied it. And it didn't say that they took a pinch. Because, see, people are greedy. When people get hungry, they get unreasonable. When my wife gets hungry, she gets unreasonable. I try to get her before she reaches that point because if she gets to that point, the world is in trouble. I hope you never meet Pastor Sar when she's at that point because you will need to fast and pray. 
So it has to be given, uh, it has to be blessed before it can be multiplied. Amen. Everybody say, it has to be blessed before it is multiplied. Now, I'm out of time, but I'm going to give you the second principle real quick. Here's the second principle. It has to be given away before it can be multiplied. Notice now, they brought it to him, and he what? He blessed it. Well, what blesses us? It blesses us when we bring the first to the Lord. That's why in Malachi 10, it it blesses us, right? Because the tithe belongs to the Lord. But see, that's not all. Because in Malachi, he says, we rob in tithe and offering. Remember, Abel, he gave a correct offering because he gave a first and some fat. So watch this now. Had they, watch this, had they eaten it before it was blessed, it would not have been multiplied. And so what you got to do, you give the first, it becomes blessed. And then here's the second principle, you have to give it out. And that's why, listen, you give tithe and offering. That's why now when they brought it, it lasted. And even though your budget is red at the bottom, if you give what's first and you give some fat, it's his job now to, to multiply what you got. Now, can you give me five more minutes so I can give my testimony? So let me tell you what happened. Uh, it had to be 10 years ago. 10 years ago, a friend of mine who pastors in, in this area wanted to hire one of his pastors that he had on staff part-time. He didn't have the money. The church didn't have the money to hire the person full-time. And so we were talking, and I'm good friends with him, and, and uh, he was telling me about it, and I said, well, well how much do you want to pay the guy? Total, he told me. And so I took the difference. I said, i tell you what. I will pay the difference of the salary you want to pay him so you can bring him on full time now. And I think our church gave that part for a whole year. I know we did it for eight months, but it's been so long I can't remember. So I know we did it for eight to ten months. So let's say we did it for ten months. So watch this. We provided the salary difference for another church. That had nothing to do with us. So there's a position in our church that I've been wanting to fill for at least three years. No one in our church is qualified at the level that I need. It, we're not. In fact, this person that I was looking at was more qualified than me in one of the areas that I wanted to hire him in. And I've been looking at this person and he worked for a large church. And I know the pastor very well. So I told my wife, I said, babe, you know what? I need this person right now to help us transition to our new building. I need their experience. I need their education. And I need their skill set to help us get over there. But we can't afford them at the time. We got too much going on. I said, so I'm going to call and first of all, get permission from this pastor to hire this person. See, that's protocol. And I said, and then after I, if I get permission and they bless me and say, yes, you can have this person. Because it's a very valuable person in the organization. I said, 
I'm going to ask them, well, 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 can, can you let them come and work for us, but you pay for it for like 10 months? <laughs> See how y'all laughing? That don't make no sense. I'm going to take somebody from your church and I'm going to ask you to pay for it. So I called up the pastor, told him about the person. They blessed me and said, you know what? I think this person would be the best person to do what you, you wanted to do. You know, we've been looking at it for three years and finally we started talking about it. He said, I think this person would be the best person for, for the job you're looking for. And I said, well, I got a problem though. They said, well, what is it? I said, well, you know, we're in the middle of our building project and I don't want to hire nobody else. I say, so I need to be finished with that before I hire somebody and it includes this person. They said, well, 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 well when do you think your project is going to be over? I said, well, uh, it's going to be over in uh, about 10 months. So that takes us to about uh, February of next year. I said, so what I would need you to do is to let them come and work for us right now, but you pay their salary till February. He said, Pastor Evan, anything for you. So we got somebody coming on staff. That somebody else is paying for. For 10 months. But here's my point. We sowed a seed 10 years ago. And God has multiplied the seed that was sown. And I declare today in Jesus name as a man of God. That the seed in this miracle offering that was sown today. Is going to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask think or imagine Lord I thank you for doing what we can't do for giving us favor that we didn't have to open up doors that didn't even exist for creating opportunities that we didn't even know were available and I thank you And we're going to have testimony after testimony after testimony of your goodness. And we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Can you give the Lord a hand clap right there? Hallelujah. With every head bowed, I know I went over a little bit. It's anniversary day, praise the Lord. If you're here today and you died today, let's say you died today. Are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Because if you're not 100% sure, that's the reason you're here.